With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC on a Friday in June when not a whole lot is happening, but some things are happening. According to Sky News, Sadio Mane's move to Bayern Munich is edging closer to completion. Fee is expected to be in around the 40 to 42.5 million range, which I still think is very low considering the calibre of player we're talking about and what he's done for us. But considering what Bayern initially offered, we'll take that fee and we'll run to the hills. Uh, Dan Kenneth tweeted a graphic earlier on today. Sadio is 78th all-time in Liverpool appearances with 269 and 14th all-time in goals with 120. And when you look at those above him, you know, Dick Forshaw, Jack Parkinson, Sam Raybould, Harry Chambers there from our, our distant past. Then you get Salah, you get Owen, you get Kenny, you get God, you get Stevie, you get Billy Little, Gordon Hodgson, Roger Hunt, Ian Rush. Sadio is in fairly spectacular company there. More goals than John Barnes, more goals than Kevin Keegan, more goals than John Toshak more goals than Fernando Torres and Bobby Firmino and Luis Suarez. Sadio has obviously been a modern-day Liverpool great. He does leave the club as a legend, one of the primary building blocks of Jurgen Klopp's great Liverpool team. Eddie Gibbs put out a, a, a thread today, and I thought it absolutely nailed what needed to be said. So I'm just going to read the, the, the thread that Eddie put up. Uh, Sadio Mane was the foundational piece of a puzzle that culminated in the greatest LFC team I've ever seen. I never thought Kenny's 1988 side would be bettered. It has, and with interest on top. The sustainable model FSG used at, at LFC means that they are to some extent cheating the system. While the wage bill is on par with our rivals, this is merely to have a squad with depth needed to compete. We simply can't pay star players the big ticket salaries that they do. Just as an aside, it's also worth remembering when we see our salary wage bill put next to cities and we wonder how there's so little difference. 
Remember that our wage bill includes everybody from Billy Hogan, the CEO, all the way down to the people that empty the bins at the AXA training ground and everybody in between. Players, coaches, Klopp, the canteen staff, everybody, absolutely everybody is included from the top down. Cities has not done that way. Cities is just the first team and the coaching staff of the first team. Everything else is taken care of by the City Football Group. So they've gained the system there as well. So if you do wonder how the wage bills are similar, that's how. Anyway, back to Eddie's thread. Judge the players' legacies however you like, but Emre Chan, Ginny Wijnaldum and Mane have all left the club as a result of how Liverpool's wage bill works. And Salah may well do the same next year. To offer long four-year deals to highly paid players in or close to their 30s sets a dangerous precedent that you only have to look at Manchester United or Bayern to see what can metastasize. Now, Bayern, the Sané deal completely blew their budget out of the water because everybody at Bayern then wanted the Sané deal. So Goretzka got one and Kimmich got one and Coleman got one and Gnabry then didn't, well, he wanted one, but he felt like he'd been disrespected by being last on the list. United are just a train wreck, as we know. Equally, to take incentive-based clauses out of deals and replace with guaranteed fixed amounts may reduce hunger. Again, look at Manchester United and to a lesser extent, Chelsea with Lukaku, Arsenal with Aubameyang. Salah and Mane will feel that they are on a performance par with De Bruyne, Ronaldo, Messi, Neymar and Mbappe and as, as such want salary parity. They're perfectly within their rights to want that, but they're unlikely to get it at Liverpool. Can't, uh, Chan got it at Juventus. Ginny got it at PSG. Mane got it at Bayern. Salah might get it at Liverpool, but he would be the exception to the rule. Like everything in modern football, these salary levels have been set by the sports washing clubs. First Chelsea, then City and PSG. And the old establishment of United, Bayern, Real Madrid and Barca have tried to keep up. The egos of their boardrooms demand that even more so than their fans, demand that even more so than their fans. As a result, you get clusterfucks. You see what's happened at, Bar at Barcelona, the, the debt that they're in, the fact that their wage bill was 650 million at one point. Real Madrid, without the assistance of the Spanish government, would have found themselves in similar positions. At Man City and PSG, a player like Mane would just be renewed regardless. They don't need the capital to reinvest in their squad like Liverpool did with Darwin Nunes and would probably keep renewing him on big bucks until he was ready to retire or move to a less demanding lead, such as Yaya Toure, Vincent Company, Sergio Aguero, Fernandinho, etc. So we say farewell to the greatest number 10 at Liverpool since John Barnes. To a player probably only just past his peak. To an African icon with a desire more for humility than abundance. And if we look close enough, we see how and why it had to be. I think Eddie's absolutely nailed it. I think in a, an ideal world, the club probably would keep Sadio. If they could just afford to go and spend recklessly on wages, I do think they would keep Sadio. But 
the economics of it just don't work for Liverpool. Now, they would have worked with Emre because he wasn't looking for ridiculous money, but he wanted a buyout clause. In the end, he left some money on the table to go to Juve. They gave him a big signing bonus, but his wage was lower. Now he's at Dortmund earning, similar to what he was out at Juve. Ginny's an odd case in that when Ginny was with us, he was earning half what James Milner was earning. He wanted parity with Milner. And by all accounts, including his own, we were prepared to pay it, to pay what he wanted, but not for the years that he wanted. So he wanted four years and we offered two or something along those lines. He took less money to go to Barca and then obviously got screwed there because of their finances and ended up going to PSG purely for the money. PSG offered him a ludicrous salary because PSG can afford to. And this is what Eddie's talking about. PSG can just throw money around because it's the wealth of a nation versus the wealth of an individual. And Sadio will get it at Bayern. I don't think Sadio would have gotten it at Bayern a couple of years ago, pre-Leroy Sané going there and raging, uh, raising the level of wage that they pay. You've also got to factor in Bayern are probably set to lose Lewandowski this summer, so they need to replace a star with a star. And Sadio Mane is a star in, in world football. So... He's fortunate that Bayern are there with this offer. But if it wasn't Bayern, there would have been other clubs. Real Madrid have long held interest in Sadio. PSG long held interest in Sadio. Juventus long held interest in Sadio. He would have gotten his money somewhere. I'm happy it's at Bayern. It's, it's the club he apparently wanted to go to. And I hope he absolutely smashes it. I really do. He's done incredible things for the club since he signed. And barring the 2021 season, he's been very good to great. This past season, he had some bad moments, but second half of the season, he was very good. We've gotten his best years. And as Eddie went through in his thread, from an economic point of view, it is the right time. For us to say goodbye, get a fee for him, not tie ourselves into a long-term deal for him. We've already got one bad long-term contract for an aged player who's rapidly declining. You don't want to risk another one. It's why I also don't think we'll extend Bobby, unless Bobby will take a one-year deal. I think Mo is the one they'll make an exception for because there's something different about Mo. And Mo has shown no sign of decline. Sadio has. Sadio's had to alter his game quite significantly. He's retained an effectiveness, but he's not the same player as he was from, say, 2017 up until 20, the end of 2020. He's not that player anymore. And, I mean, let's be fair. Sadio was the best player on the Liverpool team who won the title. That was his apex. He was the best player on the team who won the title. He was robbed of his Footballer of the Year award, but everybody who's open and honest about that season will point to him and say, that was the guy. That was the guy who was our best player that year. He was better than Mo. 
He's better than Virgil. He's better than Trent. He's better than Fab. He's better than Ali. He was the guy that year. And for that, we can always thank him. We thank him, obviously, for his part in winning us Champions League as well. And I'm sure everybody does wish him well. And I've noticed a few people say, oh, you know, he was asking for this much. It doesn't matter what he was asking for. Whatever he asked for, he, he had earned. It's the same thing with Salah. If Salah's asking for half a million a week, I, good. <laughs> good. I hope he is. I hope he's asking for as much money as he can because he's worth it. He's earned it. And he's going to be worth it moving forward. Sadio has earned that money. Whether it's with us or somebody else, Sadio has earned the right to walk into a room and say, I want 350 grand a week. I want 400 grand a week. He's earned that right. And let's not forget that when Salah and Mo ask for that money, it's not so they can go and buy Lamborghini boats or Rolex watches or whatever fancy thing that others might do when they ask for that money it's so that they can go and build schools and hospitals and football academies in their homelands it's so that they can go back to some fourth cousin they haven't seen since they were three who lives in abject poverty and say right come with me leave this old life you're getting a better life now that's why these guys live. That's why they exist. That's their whole purpose in life. It's the two of the most humble guys in the world. Yes, they have egos, but when it comes down to it, their ego is purely football-based, not outside of that. Outside of football, they're two incredibly hum humble men. They're two incredibly respectful men. And it is sad to think of Sadio leaving. It is sad to think of an end to that front three. Now, that front three was over last season anyway because Bobby had lost his place. But one of them leaving is different. We'll always remember the incredible counterattacks of Salah and Mane raiding on teams at full speed. Two absolute killers. Sharks with blood in the water. Just carving teams open. And doing it with absolute joy. And then scoring their goal and stopping to give thanks. Because that's who they are. Take the momentary adulation and then give thanks for it and like I say when they got their goal bonus in their in their check they weren't thinking oh brilliant I can go to Marbella now or Qatar or Dubai or wherever and lie on a beach or whatever they want to do they're thinking right that's clean water for however many people that's that's the difference between who they are and who we think mega rich footballers are. Salah's one of the most 
charitable people in England, according to a recent article. And Sadio donates enormous sums and spends his summers back in his homeland doing good, elevating people out of the, the poverty that strikes their countries. So I hope Sadio gets as much money as he can, and I hope he does really well at Bayern. If we play them, I hope he has two absolute stinkers. But in all other games, I'll wish him very, very well. Uh, we were lied to, boys and girls. We were lied to by Paul Joyce and all the other journalists out there. We were lied to when they said we weren't signing a midfielder. News today that we are signing a midfielder. Liverpool are signing Jay Spearing. So Jay Spearing is coming back to the club, having obviously been formerly of the academy and playing a starting role for some time under Kenny. Uh, he left the club in 2013. After a loan at Bolton, he went there permanently. Uh, he was there through a lot of the muck that went on at Burnley, uh, at Bolton rather. Did spend some time on loan at Blackburn, went to Blackpool, which again, not an ideal club from to have been at, considering some of the stuff that's gone on at Blackpool over the years. And then he spent last season, uh, the last two seasons rather, at Tranmere. So season on loan at Bolton. Three and a half years in the Bolton team then, once he signed permanently, half a season on loan at Blackburn. Three seasons with Blackpool and then two years with Tranmere. He is signing to play for our, our under-23s team. It's similar, I'd imagine, to the Paul McShane deal at United last season, where it's a way for him to begin his coaching badges, but also... You know, he's only 33 and he probably feels like he's got a bit left in the tank so he can play with the under-23s and provide a bit of leadership leadership and a mentorship in that role. Uh, there will be, at some point, you can bank it now, there will be someone, probably someone fairly high profile among the Liverpool fan base, who will, in complete earnest, suggest Jay Spearing could still do a job for us in the Cups. It will absolutely happen. You can bank on that. No question. But uh, yeah, Jay Spearing, welcome back to the club after nine years away. Um, the fixtures came out yesterday. Now, Gags and Brundish have done a Fatigue Index podcast on that this morning, so you can listen to that. Just thought I'd have a quick gander through them now. Uh, we get Fulham away on the opening day, so that should be interesting. Newly promoted team. Then it's Crystal Palace at home. Then a very early season trip to Old Trafford. Could be a good time to hit United. Eric Ten Hag won't have had much time to implement what it is he wants to do. Then it's home to Bournemouth, home to Newcastle. That is our September or August, rather, into September, it's Everton away. First game in September, Everton away. That is a... That is a nice first six games. 
Fulham away, United away, Everton away. They're all very, very winnable games. Palace, Bournemouth and Newcastle at home. All very, very winnable games. Then it's the first Champions League match. Off the back of that, we get Wolves at home. Then it's Champions League again. And then it's Chelsea away. So we get Chelsea away off the back of a Champions League game, which isn't ideal. Then, for some unknown reason, there's an international break. Even though they're stopping the season for the World Cup, there's a stupid international break in September. At least there's only one. Then we get Brighton home. Then Champions League. Then Arsenal away. So back-to-back trips to London off the back of Champions League games to play teams who will be competing for fourth place. Then Champions League. And then City at home. Then West Ham. Forest away, Champions League, Leeds at home, not bad. Into November, Champions League, and then Spurs away. So three of our six Champions League group stage games come just before trips to London to play against teams who will be competing for top four. That's rough. That really is rough. Now, look, Arsenal will be will be Arsenal. But still, that is rough to have to play. And sorry, one of the other ones is, is City at home. So four of them come before really, really difficult games or tricky games, big games. That is rough. That is quite rough. Now, in the latter half of the season, as long as the fixtures don't get messed around too much, it does actually work in our favour. If we get to the last 16, we get Newcastle away, Palace away after that. Tough enough games, but games that we should win. Then after the uh, the second legs, oh, sorry, it'll be one or the other of those, not both, obviously. After the second legs of the last 16, it is Bournemouth or potential FA Cup quarterfinal or Fulham. After the quarterfinals, it will be Leeds and then either an FA Cup semi-final or Forest. And after the semi-finals, it's Leicester and Villa. So that's not too bad. That's not too bad at all. The FA Cup final will be the 3rd of June after the league campaign has been completed, as it should be. Should The FA Cup should close the door on the English footballing season. And then the Champions League final isn't until June the 10th. It's obviously very late because of the, uh, because of the World Cup. But the first six games isn't bad, but those games off the back of those Champions League games will be difficult. And if, if they're away games, if they're difficult Champions League games, that could be a tricky spell. Four o'clock through mid-September, from mid-September through to the beginning of November. That, kind of six-week spell, that could be season-defining. And it's mad to think, but that's what defined our season last year, was those months. The points dropped in those months. Should be fun, though. Should be fun. I'll see you Monday. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement. 
and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.